0: Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go.
1: The size
0: of the fight in the: door. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network podcast. This is the weekend betting review and Monday night football preview. I'm stucky and with me as always, is Colin Wilson championship Saturday is no more. Uh, we did not get the chaos.
1: Some wanted, some were expecting, and maybe some didn't want. Uh, what's going on, Colin? Well, my alma mater is still coachless, and I went over on the uh, 11 a.m. Central slate. I don't mind moving to Sunday and seeing uh, the college football playoff picture and the rest of the remaining bowls.
0: Well, let's go through the day. We're recording this in the morning to recap the day while it's fresh because well, I think everyone knows that it's going to be Oklahoma, LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. I don't think there's much debate there. So we'll tell you who we think the one and two is going to be, what our projected lines are. We'll recap yesterday, We'll go through quickly, chronologically detailing our best calls, worst calls. We'll, you know, get your voicemails. And then later tonight, we'll come back for part two, which will also be on this podcast just later on. We'll talk about the actual playoff rankings. Um, and then the lines that came out, we'll have some bowl openers to talk through. Um, Colin will touch on some things to keep an eye on. And then I mean, tonight, right when these lines cannot get to work on uh, previewing every single bowl. Uh, and later on this week, we will have our regularly scheduled episode on Thursday that comes out Friday. And we'll be talking Army-Navy, which is the only, well, uh, only college football game next weekend, FBS. We also will talk some FCS. Uh, so for all of you FCS or no fans... Uh, Make sure you tune in later in the week. And then we'll also, you know, talk some updated lines and thoughts on, you know, some of the playoffs and bowls. And then we'll update you on the schedule for bowl season because we'll, you know, last year we'll probably do something similar. We would, you know, do an episode as normal and then cover the bowl games that week. You know, Thursday covering the bowl games that
1: weekend. But we'll keep you updated there. Probably zero need to have a, uh, you know, a little uh, discussion about who's going to win the Heisman, right? Probably those odds are... (laughs) <laughs> Not even worth mentioning. Yeah, I think uh,
0: LSU was extremely impressive. Um, that was one of my worst calls of the day with Georgia. I mean, LSU was just – they had a couple breaks, but there was no doubt who was the better team and who deserved to cover that game. I started to get worried about the under late, but luckily that held on. And I can't believe our boy Rodrigo missed.
1: But let me – Left two field goals. South Carolina, left hash. The SEC championship game, left hash. Everything has been the left hash this year. Um, amazing. And, Get him off the left hash. On our live show on
0: Saturday morning, which we do at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, we probably won't do one this upcoming Saturday, but we, we covered Utah a little bit, so I won't go into that too much. But Utah got blown out on Friday. Still can't believe that they punted. Kyle Whittingham punting late down eight, and Oregon ended up winning that game 37-15 RIP second half Utah backers and underbackers. It eliminated Utah from playoff contention. So going into the day, we knew – that the winner of Oklahoma Baylor would probably be in good shape to get into the college football playoff if, you know, Georgia would lose later in the day. But before we get to Baylor, Oklahoma, we'll start with the other two games at noon. App State beats ULL 45-38. ULL gets in the back door for part of my bet. I had some six and a half. actually I had a little tiny bit of six and then some seven. Box score fraud App State. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a, a game that App State led by 25 at one point and the yardage was equal. The game finished with La Lafayette, 513 yards to App State's 408. They were exactly at 6.1 yards per play. Just more turnover luck for App State. Two more fumble recoveries. Louisiana drops two picks. They even you know, missed a chip shot field goal. And then when App State finally fumbled, only the third of the year, Louisiana takes a 30-yard intentional grounding on, on third down and then misses a 54-yard field goal, which would have been all the difference in the cover. I don't regret playing Louisiana at all. Um, App State just continues to run well. We knew they would move the ball on the ground, which they did against that horrible Louisiana defensive line, but everything kind of just went App State's way that, that
1: game. But ULL, and i got to give them credit for fighting back. This is one of the most frustrating. I mean, this just kind of kicked off the tone for the entire day to have first drive for ULL, a fumble. First drive of the game, they dropped a pick wide open too. Right? You know, to for me to be loaded up on six and a half and for me to tell everybody on the podcast that I make the game 1.7, and then for ULL to be missing field goals uh, and having pick sixes, and then this game land on seven is it was one of the most frustrating things in the world. And I mean, this is just this just happens, you know. I mean, I was on ULL, same spot earlier in the year, and it took a lot of crazy wackiness uh, for App State to get this home. But you know, so if you had App State, you know, hat tips to you. But you had a ton of help.
0: Yep, agreed. Also at noon, uh, you had Miami of Ohio. I, I finished the year with a MAC winning bet. I don't know how I did it, but that improves my MAC winning percentage to 7% on the year. Miami of Ohio, one, how Miami of Ohio does. They're, they couldn't move the ball all day. They got outgained by 80 yards, yards per player better, Central Michigan. They started the game with a kick return to the two. Central Michigan had a fake punt on at their own 15 or something in the first half. Miami of Ohio, their kicker, it's their best player, Sloman. Went four for four from field goals, two and two in extra points, hit a
1: 48-yarder. But that is the most fitting end to the max season I can imagine. So this is another one where the opener was two and a half, three, and I was able to get a whole bunch down on that. And it just did not matter, even though the game got up to six and a half, six and closed. Uh, You know, Central Michigan, more yards, uh, had the extra turnover. Not exactly a box score fraud. There were some special teams plays. There was an interception late by Central Michigan. Just a, so so inefficient. And, and Miami of Ohio is is still a fraud as a team. They didn't have a fraud back score. They were Their really offense is out. so bad. The offense is so bad, and I don't know who they're going to get here in a bowl game. But I, I just can't imagine I'm going to be behind these guys again. But or I mean I, I can't. I imagine I'll be fading these guys again. Is what the proper thing I should say.
0: And then at noon, the game that mattered was Baylor Oklahoma. The winner yeah. was, like I said, was going to be positioned to go into the college Bowl playoff. I know you didn't make out in this game and probably should have. I mean, Oklahoma dominated <laughs> the box score. Brewer ended up getting Oklahoma lives five and a half, six and six and a half. And then I took Baylor live plus eight and uh, Oklahoma – ends up winning the toss, scoring a touchdown, and then Baylor doesn't. So I got very, very lucky and fortunate in this game. But uh, Baylor covers despite only gaining 265 yards and Brewer finishing 3 of 6 for 15 yards. And then you had Bohannon come in. And then you had the third-string quarterback come in. And they just hit like a couple random long touchdowns and somehow stayed in this game. But Oklahoma eventually wins it in overtime to put themselves into the playoff, assuming Georgia would lose later that day. Well, I should say that's you know it was likely scenario. What are your thoughts on
1: that game? Lots of thoughts on that game. Besides Bohannon, a guy that should be playing at Arkansas, you know, coming in as uh, you know quarterback for, for for Baylor here. I mean, we're down to our third string quarterback. He's in Rainbows and and uh, and this whole time I'm thinking to myself, I've got this model, one of the biggest investments I made preseason was OU to make the playoff. Now that was on the ropes for a lot this year, but it did come down to this game. We knew once Utah got knocked out, I knew that there was a great chance that that if LSU won, that this OU game was going to mean that I would be able to cash all my OU to make the playoff. So the good news is, is yeah, I am going to cash my OU to make the playoff. The bad news is I didn't, I didn't make the OU minus eight. Here we go again. I wrote the whole thing up. I said, Baylor was granted a whole bunch of turnovers and a whole bunch of field position, and they needed all that luck just to cover this game. And here we go, a couple a couple drives in for OU. Fumble, fumble, INT. I mean, these guys, it just comes in flurries. It's not even, like, consistent through the game. Like, OU goes in and out of, like, high percentage success rate drives into complete breakdowns of fumbling and throwing INTs in their own territory and giving the other team points. Baylor had eight first downs. Eight. They scored 23 points on eight first downs. OU almost had 200 total more yards. I know they had a bunch more plays. They had like 31 more rushing attempts, but a very, very, very frustrating game again. Yeah, I I mean, the one thing that's worrying about Oklahoma is that their defense, again,
0: did, you know, they created some havoc at the quarterback, but they just, they give up too many explosive plays, which is a problem when you're entering a tournament with, or tournament, as my girl always makes fun of me before I say tournament. When you're entering a college football playoff four-team bracket with Justin Fields, Joe Barrow, and Trevor Lawrence. The defense was the MVP here. Alan Grinch is the MVP of this team. They're still giving up two explosive plays. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave up those two long touchdowns late to the backups. This is gonna be a big step up in quarterback competition. And, and you know, I know they play in the Big Twelve, but this is three of the most explosive offenses in college football. So anyway, before we get to the afternoon slate. There was a FAU UAB game, um, which <laughs> a game was horrible. I mean, I had the under, I don't, I guess I don't regret it. I mean, the FAU had 600 yards of offense. I mean, it went over by five points. There was a punt block for a touchdown. I don't know. I mean, the UAB only scored six points. They're, I mean, it was their offense was as ugly as advertised. I thought their defense would, be, would play much better than they did, which is where I was dead wrong on. Um, I mean, I didn't expect FAU to come out and lay 49 on UAB, including 585 yards and over seven yards per play. So UAB held up its end of the deal, not FAU. And UAB tackling some of the just missed assignments, um, it was bad. It looked like UAB was the team whose coach was uh, on the way out. By the way, I think Lane Giffins is the first person in the history of this country to move from Boca to uh, Oxford.
1: But what are your thoughts there on that game? Again, this is another thing where I feel like the podcast and the write-ups we had, my reasoning for taking the under was because I didn't think there would be a lot of points here. Uh, that was spot on with UAB. There was only six as a result of two field goals. There were only two of 13 on third down. Uh, I did not account for Florida Atlantic going for 585 yards, dominating in every aspect on the offensive side of the football. 14 points scored in the second half, that's it. There were only 14 points. I don't think Lane was trying to run it up. I mean, I think he sat on the ball.
0: Later in the afternoon, uh, we had Memphis-Cincinnati. Here's the game I was wrong on. I laid it with Memphis, first half, end game. Cincy. I mean, if you look at the box score, it was a really even game. The interesting thing to me was how ineffective White was. He finished 18 of 40. With one touchdown and one pick for only 250 yards. I mean, Ritter couldn't throw the ball as expected. Uh, he was sick. He finished 16 of 36 oof, for 233 yards with no touchdowns, and one pick. But he ran all over Memphis. He ran 11 times for 113 yards and a touchdown. And I was sitting there. And by the way, I'm glad Memphis ended up winning that game because there was a horrible call. When since he got a field goal to take a lead late uh, before Memphis answered with a touchdown, where they they didn't give him a spot. I mean, Memphis clearly stuffed him. and since he had 12 men on the field, I mean, it was a disaster, and it would have been bad if Memphis didn't win. But Memphis didn't deserve to cover here. Uh, I was just shocked that Memphis wasn't prepared. I think yeah. I made a joke on Twitter like was I think. Norvell, was going to Florida State, was spent the whole week looking at real estate on the Gulf. They weren't prepared for Ritter running at all. And he wasn't effective passing the ball, but this was a dead even game. I mean, yards per play, since he had averaged six yards per play and held Memphis to 5.3. If you recall, last week, Memphis averaged seven. So Memphis gets the win, but since Uh, ends up getting the cover. Uh, I was wrong here on this one. Any thoughts here?
1: I did take the under. I just didn't get it into the app. So under 58 was good. Under 57 was good. And the defense, and Cincinnati is, you know, offensively what we handicap. When they score points, it takes them a long time. 13 plays in in the drive. They only come out with a field goal. Uh, Nine plays to come out with a touchdown. It took them five minutes to get that down. Uh, Seven plays in three minutes to get another touchdown. So there's nothing explosive. There's nothing fast about them. I think, You know, I'm going to watch for which bowl they end up in Uh, since he's just an under team. it's just the way that they play. I mean, their defense is the one that makes scores big. Yeah, we're right. Norvell uh, is on his way. He probably didn't do much prep here. The defense probably didn't need much coaching after playing the same team uh, twice in a row. Uh, Yeah, but it's a completely different quarterback. That's what was frustrating. Like, you have to know that Ritter, he's not Bryant
0: and the better thrower. He's going to try and hurt you with his legs. And that's exactly what happened.
1: Ritter actually had a good game. He hadn't thrown for over 200 yards in September. He threw for 233. I mean, he yeah, but he's still it.
0: zero touchdowns, no picks, 44% completion percentage. I mean, that's, he wasn't going to beat them through the air, but 111 <laughs> yards rushing. On the scale of Ritter, it was a good Ritter day. Fair, fair. All right, then uh, r- around that same time with, uh, we had LSU Georgia kicking off I ended up splitting this game because I had the under first half, the under game, and then I had Georgia smaller, but then I had a Georgia live, which was a huge mistake. My Georgia Mm. death was a mistake. I had Georgia futures that uh, obviously went up in smoke and LSU. You know they went up fourteen nothing. There was a couple breaks there early. Um, but just looking at the totality of the game, LSU dominated. It was extremely impressive what they were able to do. From finished twenty of forty two for two twenty five, one touchdown and two picks. Stetson Bennett came in for a little bit. I mean, the fourth LSU was already, yeah the fourth or fifth. Yeah, the fourth the LSU was already up double digits. LSU averaged six and a half yards per play. Georgia at four point two. It was completely dominant. I was extremely impressed with LSU. You know, that then put pressure on Ohio State that night. You know, hey, play well for the one seed. Or look what LSU just made another statement with a win over Georgia. After they already have wins over Florida, Auburn, and at Alabama. Uh, And this was in Georgia's backyard. So just really impressive from LSU. Uh, Any thoughts here?
1: Yeah, by the time... Georgia had gotten to the middle of the third quarter, and Rodrigo lined up on the left hash uh, to kick another field goal, and he missed. I believe at that point, Georgia the, the score was twenty to three. At that point, when Rodrigo missed, Georgia had left thirteen points on the table. You can't do that against LSU's offense. You can't do that against LSU. Can't lead any points. I know the final score looks ridiculously bad, but the opportunity was there for Georgia. Probably ninety percent of the passes I saw. From make up until the middle of the third quarter, they were spot on. They were right in the numbers. And there was a lot of drop passes. And this, and, and you know what Kirby tried to do, what he thought he had to do to be LSU, which was throw on standard downs. Jake Fromm came out just rifling the ball. They didn't try to line up and run them over. They came out rifling the ball, which was the game plan, which is what they should have done. But once Rodrigo missed that field goal, it was game on. It was touchdown, touchdown, field goal for LSU. Meanwhile, Georgia's got INTs and punts and everything else going on. So...
0: I mean, but at the end of the day, the Georgia run defense held up. I mean, LSU is not a great rushing team, but right. uh, the Georgia's secondary, which is you know they're one of the best, most efficient defenses in the country, couldn't slow down Burrow. I don't know who can slow down this offense. Um, Burrow finishes twenty-eight of thirty-eight for three hundred and fifty yards, averaging over nine yards per attempt, four touchdowns, and no picks. I mean, that's as yeah. good as it gets. I think he's a slam dunk pro. I mean, this kid is a like apparently he's a Football nerd, film rat, gym rat. Um, I'm going to go back to Ohio and play for the Bengals. D1 coach's son. Yeah, he's going to end up in the division. Um, well, unless so, uh, the Browns tank, tank today and lose to the Bengals to get them the better draft picks, keep them out of the division. Extremely impressive.
1: Yeah, I just want to say this probably was my only, I could say, best call for the day. Called LSU in the first half and called the under in the first half and probably the only shining moment of the green dots in my, in my log for the day.
0: Yep. And then later that afternoon, Boise wins 31 10. They were up 31 3 late. I have to be honest, I didn't catch a lot of this guy. I didn't have money on it. I was looking for Boise live, but Boise, you know, I never got behind by seven which is what I was looking for.
1: You tweeted out the most important play of the game, which was the offsides by Boise. Uh, the score was three to three to that point. Boise's defense was- Yeah, how actually, I did see that one. How did they miss that? It's the, probably the worst missed call ever. I mean, uh, Hawaii got it all the way down, an amazing drive, 11 plays, 74 yards. They got it all the way down to the one yard line uh, and had multiple chances to stick it in. And Cole McDonald gets stuffed there. And then, you know, yeah. the, the offsides, and that was it. That, that took it all. That deflated them after that. Uh, towards the end of the first half, uh, Boise went touchdown, touchdown. They uh, broke it open to the spread. And, it's an amazing uh, box score to look at. They both averaged. I mean, the Hawaii defense looks like it
0: played decent. Yeah, they both that, averaged five point two yards per play. But that play, that call was so big, and 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 it's you know we as betters we we vent about a call, and then you just move on. There's nothing you can do about it. But you can understand. Yeah, you know, I'll be I'll bitch about a completely missed hold or a missed pi. Um, but we're watching it on replay and you know, then you move on bitch and you move on. Who cares? Yeah. Because refs are going to miss things live, but there is nothing more frustrating than that because there's one ref with one job and there's no one moving around. Like you're just looking down the line there to see if that play and actually
1: happens and it did. And then they didn't call it. I mean, it's bad. (laughs) The handicap on this for me was, you know, I don't, I don't think the 96, the 96 points, what happened last time, I don't think that was going to happen again. It did go way under, but I said that if Hawaii does not fumble the ball in their own territory, I think that this could be a cover. So they missed the cover by a touchdown, and it turns out Cole McDonald in, in the, at the end of the third quarter, uh, you know, he gets sack-stripped and, and he fumbles the ball back on his own 25, which resulted in a Boise touchdown. That's, that was the difference in the point spread. And you just can't fumble the ball in your own territory against Boise. And then we had
0: uh, Clemson, who, I mean, every, every week, who cares? Uh, they blew out Virginia. I was on the under there, which was, whoo. That was a bad call. I'm surprised Virginia scored 17, but Clemson just did anything they wanted at any time. They have over 600 yards and over nine yards per play. Clemson a 30-point favorite. Clemson covers. That's just the story every week. We can now have Clemson play real games, which is going to be nice because they are really good, but what a waste of a season in, in recapping them in their games. And then the game that mattered at night was, okay, Ohio State, Wisconsin. You had, you had Oklahoma win in overtime, right? And then you have Wisconsin comes out, and they punch – Ohio state in the mouth and Twitter actually broke towards the end of this half. You couldn't even send a tweet out. uh, And it was right around halftime and it also happened towards the end of the game. But Wisconsin (sighs) goes up 14, nothing midway through the second quarter. And there's two things going on. I was trolling some of my Ohio state friends publicly saying five seed, four seed, six seed. So you start to wonder if Ohio state gets blown out here, are they out? And then you also start to wonder if Wisconsin just blows Ohio state out of the water Wisconsin, the Wisconsin fans getting hopeful. Uh, and then, you know, you had Dobbins score right before the end of the half to make it 14-7. Wisconsin answers with a touchdown in the final seconds um, to make it 21-7. And you're saying, whoa. And then the third quarter happened, and all of a sudden, Ohio State came out with their hair on fire. They scored, I think, 17 unanswered in the third quarter. And then they added a touchdown with 12 to go to make it 31-21. So all is calm on the Western Front in Columbus as far as getting into the playoff. I think at that first half sealed their fate as the number two seed. We'll get to that in a second. But the you know the the spread and the total were in doubt late. Ohio State gets stuffed at the goal line and can't get in. They have to settle for a field goal. And then Wisconsin uh, towards the end, Jack Cohn died on the field for the Overbackers. But Wisconsin backers it is, hold on. And, uh,
1: corpse up off the sideline with a freaking. I'm surprised they didn't
0: call targeting. I
1: had no money on it. I, was, I expected a flag to come. This, let's just add to the list of things that I called on the podcast and wrote about. By the way, Wisconsin winning this game, let's, to talk about the side real quick, for those of you that, that may have been paying attention, I had an 18-1 on Wisconsin from the Westgate that would have paid close to 10 grand. So at around halftime, I was, my eyes were wide open. Like I wasn't tweeting. I did not need to be on social media because I was coming up with a financial game plan about, holy crap, uh, we got to get some money down live on Ohio State here because this is, I didn't think it would get down this close. Now the handicap on the podcast and and what we wrote up on Action Network all week was, Wisconsin is now passing and standard downs. The very first play of the game, Jack Cohen passed to Cephas for 27 yards. That was the very first play of the game. And I said to myself, I tweeted out, I said, Paul Chris punted in that first game. He took the entire offensive game plan of what he actually wanted to do, and he shoved it away in a vault because they ran 55 times and only threw 17 times. They come out in this, and then he said, okay, let's really have an offense, So let's start throwing. And that's what they did against Minnesota. That's what they did against Iowa. They threw over 20 times against Iowa. And they come out right here, and Jack Cones was zipping it all over the field. So the handicap of taking the over because Wisconsin is now throwing on first down and throwing into standard downs in general was correct. Now for Ohio State to get down to the goal line and get shut out for Wisconsin not to get in for for Ohio missed- State's offense to start that slow that was surprising too for the first got a missed field goal uh, uh, by Wisconsin there in the middle in the middle of the third. Uh, it took a lot for, for you underbetters, It took a lot for you to to get that home. But you know I think Wisconsin whatever ball they're going to go to I think. This ties back to LSU and Georgia. I think the writing is on the wall for every single college football team that they've got to go get a Joe Brady. They've got to get a passing game coordinator, and they've got to go to this style of offense. I'm not sure if anybody And get a seeker. And get a, a seeker and a passing game coordinator can... Who got a seeker again? Someone else got a seeker. It was in the news.
0: The best kept secret in college football, SMU has the seeker
1: call me the seeker I've been uh lsu did lsu lsu got a seeker right it doesn't i don't think they need it but I, I think we saw a friend of the podcast Brody miller tweeting out about uh this special uh lsu customized seeker so yeah i thought
0: i saw someone else recently got one in, in florida but maybe not go ahead
1: yeah, so I, I think that's things for the offseason to look for is who's getting a passing game coordinator who has ties maybe to the NFL that's a, that's a passing game coordinator or maybe somebody with some history of success. I know I saw Mike Bobo's name. He was just fired at Colorado State, and he's originally a Georgia guy. Uh, him coming in and possibly being the the passing game coordinator for Georgia. So just keep, keep your eyes open in the offseason for things like this. Guys that have a proven track success of getting passing games going at certain programs or NFL uh, teams because uh, that that's going to be the movement. The, the Joe Brady movement is upon us in college football.
0: Hell of a job by that entire staff and and, and uh, Joe Burrow hat tip as well.
1: Coach on the football field, we're about to see what Joe Burrow's really made of. And anybody that knows our team, we're made of grit.
0: I think, as of right now, I still have to break down these matchups. We have a lot of work. I mean, these games are for three weeks. Another argument for an 18 playoff, by the way, is you don't have to wait three weeks for these playoff games.
1: You don't want that, do
0: you? I don't want an 18 playoff. I, I do. I do. I'd be cool with an 18 playoff or a 16 playoff. And you have two of the, you know, the two top teams... And that would be the, the big debate here, but I think it would be LSU and Ohio State, but they would get a bye. You can also get a group of five in there and you would just have a group of five play Clemson. Clemson would win, but you give a group of five a chance and then, <laughs> you know, you'd have a four versus five. And so, I mean, I, I think every conference champ should go and it makes, it would make this past weekend so much more epic. And then you have two wild cards, just in case, you know, like if an LSU and Ohio State lost this weekend. You know, or you can, you know, throw an Alabama in there. You can throw an Auburn in there, w- whatever you want to do. And then you have, you know, you'd have Memphis as the eight seed. People are like, oh, Memphis would get crushed maybe, but you get Memphis in there. I mean, it would, it would be really cool for the sport and for some of these other programs. Like, well, and you could have a, you could have an Oklahoma, Boise State moment. Yeah, but anyway, I've read yeah. enough about 18 playoffs. Um, the,
1: old, but, the only way you should do an 18 playoff is if you do the five power five conference champions, a group of five and then two wild cards. That's, I, yeah, I mean, okay. really, that, that's it.
0: Yeah, that's that's my my rant forever. But let's talk about this playoff. There's four teams, and we're going to come back later tonight, like I said, and we'll talk about the actual playoff rankings, matchups, and lines. I'll give my case here. I I think LSU is clearly one. People are saying, oh, look, Ohio State has five top 25 wins, and LSU has four. And, you know, Texas is not in the top 25 now. They were in the top 10 at the time, but who cares about that win? Throw it out. First of all, Cincy, you're including Cincy for who Ohio State beat. Look at the top 12. LSU has four top 12 wins. And Ohio State's top 12 wins are Wisconsin twice and Penn's eight. LSU's are Alabama at Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and Florida. Four teams I make favorites over Wisconsin on a neutral field. And Wisconsin is Ohio State's best win. You know, I mean, Auburn and Florida, you, could, you would, this probably would be within a field goal. But Georgia and Alabama would be substantial favorites over Wisconsin on a neutral field. Seven maybe for Georgia, 10, 13. I have to check my numbers. For Alabama, maybe two touchdowns. Their quality of wins and the way that they've done it, these teams that they've dominated, um, has been extremely impressive. Uh, I think they're – the especially with their defensive improvements over the last four weeks, their special teams are really good, and that offense I think is the best in the nation. So I think they deserve the one, and I think it's going to be LSU versus Oklahoma, uh, which – ooh, talk about a high total – Oklahoma's running the ball now more. We're going to get into all these matchups, but I make that line LSU minus ten over under around sixty nine. Nice. And then in the other matchup, Ohio State, Clemson, and this is our numbers differ slightly. I'll let to get to your case and your numbers after. Uh, and I make Clemson a one point favorite of Ohio State. Now I know that you're a little higher. I think your line is two and a half, and I'll let you speak to all this on on Clemson over Ohio State, and your line's a little lower on LSU Oklahoma. So I think that I think I have LSU a couple points on you. And Clemson a couple points lower than you. And as of right now, I haven't did my final adjustments from yesterday. But I pretty much have Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU in the same tier. You know, so that, there's going to be like a point or two separating all of them in my numbers. And then Oklahoma is sitting around ten behind all of them. You know, give or take a point or two. That's right, Stan. What do you stand? What do you think it's going to be? And what would your lines be for those games?
1: Well, uh, we put out a piece last night on Action Network. You guys can check it out. It's the final power rating um, for 2019 uh, going into bowl season, going into the college football playoff. So if you were to go on odds makers, power ratings alone, and I know this because I've seen others, Clemson would be the number one seed. Now that's not going to happen because of their schedule. It's not going to happen because their resume doesn't look as good as everybody else. So, you know, I started getting responses on that article last night. Like, oh, you say Alabama should be in the in the playoff. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is Alabama is going to be favored over everybody that's not in the playoff. So, yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd have Clemson minus two and a half over Ohio State. Uh, I'd have Clemson minus 12 against Oklahoma. I'd have Clemson minus four against LSU. I'm kind of tired of the whole, we should be number one. And you have what, LSU one. minus
0: eight over Oklahoma?
1: I have LSU uh, minus eight over Oklahoma. And I have uh, Ohio State minus one and a half over LSU. So uh, you could tell that, yeah, Oklahoma is, you know, far off from the, from the other three teams, from those other three tiers. But this whole who should be number one, in my opinion, it should be LSU. But at the same time, I'm looking at Ohio State's schedule. You didn't cover FAU. You beat Cincinnati. Uh, that's not really hard to do. They don't have any kind of offense whatsoever. Listen, you're not the number one team. LSU is the number one team. They've they've beaten a handful of much better teams than what your schedule has provided.
0: Yeah, I mean the best. My, I keep going back to their best win is Wisconsin twice. Yeah, and I think hey, Wisconsin f- lose to Auburn. Florida Georgia and Alabama more times than not all four of those teams that they played a hundred times we you um, and I
1: you and I can argue that Wisconsin probably punted that first game and had they didn't play what they they, they they probably had no interest in showing anything in their hands when they went to Columbus
0: look I mean the best thing to happen for Ohio State fans if you're looking for some water cooler arguments with Darren Ravel at the water cooler FAU and Miami Ohio won their conference yesterday, so you did have two conference champs while uh, on your schedule. While LSU beat Northwestern State and uh, Utah State, but look, just because Miami Ohio won the MAC, FAU beat UAB in this in the conference USA. Uh, like, let's not go overboard here. Miami Ohio is terrible. The MAC was so bad this year. Uh, UAB is one of the worst offenses in the country. So. Uh, I get it. Yeah. There's two conference champs on your schedule, but let's, let's be a little realistic on who those teams are. All right. We got a couple of voicemails, none worth really putting together uh, a clip. That's what happens on, you know, non huge slates, but we did have a guy call in and apologize for a call last week, which uh, I thought was cool of him, you know, accepting responsibility, which is something, you know, I pride myself on. I will always accept responsibility on bad picks things in life um so uh, i did want to just give him a chance to get on the air
1: hey guys brad from alabama uh, called last week just calling to apologize to colin so uh i realized after the fact that he did post his round robin so um being the the big man here and saying i was wrong so thank you um keep him coming even though today was a little rough but hey that's the way it goes you win some you lose some Thanks for what you do. Have a great day. I mean, to be flat out, nobody needs to, nobody ever needs to apologize for me. I understand how this, I understand how this works. When you take a multiple losses like I did yesterday morning, it's a reflection, those red dots are a reflection of uh, ignorance. And ignorance means uninformed. Uh, it's projected that we just had bad calls because we did not properly handicap the games. I would argue that I handicapped the games yesterday perfectly, saying things like, Wisconsin will throw on first down. You know, I think the, the pace of the game with Georgia just going to go like this. There's certain things you can't predict. I can't predict turnovers. And yesterday, I think it was about, I don't know, I, I think I had 12 to 15 turnovers go against me and the losses that I have. And that's fine. I think that what everybody needs to realize is that I take these losses pretty hard because I'm never giving you an uninformed opinion. I research every single one of these games as much as I possibly can. And when I lose because there's four or five turnovers, or there's something crazy happening, like uh, a guy jumping off sides in, in, in Boise, and it's not being called, some referee interference and stuff like that. The, the people that, you know, really get hot and pissed off about that, I don't think they're paying attention to that. And I don't think they read box scores. So there's no need to apologize. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. Usually, you know, the breaks go against us, but sometimes we get them back. Uh, that's just how the game is being played. But if you're going to come at me, just for everybody else, at least get into the box score before you yell about a score and don't tweet me at the first and second quarter because that's going to come back to bite you and I'll take screenshots of it. You know, (laughs) I'm trying to give as much information out as I possibly can. If it doesn't work out for us in the end because of fluke ref or turnovers or missed field goals, it happens. That's a part of gambling.
0: Yeah, I'll say from my weekend and I welcome all the, I mean, we're all a community here, everyone everyone that listens and we sweat the games together on Twitter and enjoy the, the good ones and, you know, get pissed off together at the, the bad ones. But um, that's what the voicemails are for. Light it up, let it out. And I'll say for my weekend, I pushed money back and forth all weekend. I mean, just complete wash. But I got lucky in Oklahoma, Baylor, had some bad caps with Georgia, Clemson it under. You know, I feel like i had a just washed weekend. So bad calls and good calls and good luck and hey, bad luck. Uh,
1: the one statement I want to make about you and I, though, for everybody else, is that we're not, uh, I don't want to say clowns, but we're not a bunch of puppets that get in front of a camera or get in front of a microphone and talk about games that we haven't researched or we don't really know anything about. That we aren't right? betting a lot of money on. The, and that we aren't betting a lot of money on. There are other podcasts out there with people that don't research anything and make assumptions based upon third-hand word that came to them. Stucky and I research everything, and we have actual live money down, and I'm not sure there's a lot of other people out there, whether it's in front of a video camera or it's behind a microphone, that are doing what Stucky and I do.
0: Yep. Yeah. all right. Well, with that note, let's have a big college football playoff, and more importantly, an even bigger bowl season. Full game fever. Catch it. It's my favorite time to bet college football. We will be back later tonight for part two We're going to talk about college football playoff rankings. We'll talk about some bowl openers. We'll talk about some college football openers. Now, we're not going to go too in-depth because these lines are going to move. We'll have podcast episodes, you know, that cover those games that week, get way more in-depth for you. So we'll be back later tonight.
1: M I S S I
0: S S I V V I.
1: Elaine, how did this unfold that you ended up accepting the Ole Miss job? You know, we were preparing our team for a big conference championship game and um, at the same time uh, late in the week in discussions uh, with a couple places and um, just really felt like it was a
0: really good fit and really exciting opportunity for us. Now I'm putting the covers on the boat right now here
1: and going to the airport to fly to Ole Miss. All
0: right, we're back for part two. At the end of the day, I think the committee got it right. Do you agree,
1: Colin? I absolutely agree. I mean, we LSU should be the number one team based upon who they've beaten. I'm going out in the limb, huge limb. I'm going to say LSU wins it all. How about you? LSU gets Oklahoma. They should win. Uh, I don't know if they're going to cover this spread that keeps going up. It's, it's 13 and a half at a couple of play. 13, 13 and a half as we record this.
0: I'm a Joe Burrow. This is a 180 from last season. You yeah, know, we might do a 180 on Bo Nix next season.
1: I already have. I trust him.
0: I trust Joe Burrow. I trust LSU. Joe
1: Burrow's a dog, man. He ain't no puppy. He's a f-ing dog. I'm going to go with LSU over Clemson because LSU is top 10 in special teams and Clemson is outside the top 100 in special teams. There you go. I got, I, I got money on Ohio. I, this is one team I don't have money on. Block.
0: By the way, in Vegas, calling a divisional NFL weekend. Monday night, we'll be at the Westgate. Shout out to uh, our guys, John Mary, Love you, John. And uh, Jay Cornegay with a booth. Just find your way there. You drink for free. You'll come out and eat with us for free. And then the best part, I think, Colin, about being in Vegas
1: for the National Championship. I'll give you the number one. The fact that they post the odds for the following season immediately after the National Championship.
0: Ding, 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 ding. By the way, did you ever know? Did you watch Saved by the Bell growing up? You're not that old, right? Of course. Yeah, of course. Okay. Who is the principal? Mr. Belding. Okay, who I met, by the way, I had dinner with here in Lexington. But that's the worst name drop ever. But I randomly, at some girl's birthday, he was there. But say that name again. Say it slowly. Say Mr. Belding slowly. So, yeah, just split the name apart. Belding. Saved by the bell. High school. You get what? it Yeah. Yeah. That's the last name. How do you not learn Mr. Belding's name was Bell ding
1: and then just blow past that? I think right? a lot of people would skip over a lot of things for Kelly Kapowski. Oh, man. Last year, Stuck and I said that Alabama would get way up in the semifinal. It would present a yep. crazy live betting opportunity that we know that an Oklahoma number one team in efficiency can come back on. I feel the exact same way here. I think LSU is going to come out balls on fire. So I think like last year – I think I'm going to pass even if this gets to 14 because I know there's going to be a live line of 21, maybe 28, and you're probably going to get a second-half opportunity and a live opportunity to get way higher than 14. All right, so how about Ohio State-Clemson? Any live betting opportunity there? Listen, I think we're going to know really fast in this game if Clemson's going to blow him out or not. Justin Fields is obviously going to get healthy. Do you think that's a possibility? Clemson runs him wide. I think it's an absolute possibility that Brett Venable shuts this entire Ohio State offense down.
0: You say Clemson-LSU final is the final. I'm saying Clemson-LSU
1: final. You don't think Dabo special teams fucks them? No, because we've said this for weeks. We've said it for over a month that Ohio State is not protecting Justin Fields in combination with he can't make up his mind. He's getting sacked a lot. And Clemson's number two in the nation in sack rate. It's it's just going to take more precedence over special teams for that game. Yep. All right. Before
0: Colin, before we get out of here, I'm going to run through the NFL, do a quick Monday night football preview, and then Colin will just give a couple tips on the bowl openers. Interesting day in the NFL. Steelers win 23 17 over Arizona. It was the number one overall draft pick at quarterback for Arizona and an undrafted quarterback from Sanford, baby. I'm a man of my word. In September, I said, if I ever fucking bet on Cliff Kingsbury, I will delete my account. Save me money today. Of course, Cliff fails. The Titans, they win at Oakland. Look, Jacobs didn't play, which stinks. But Ryan Tannehill, this red zone magic, there's something going on with the Titans. There's not. They're top of the fade list, by the way. Baltimore wins 24-17 against the Bills. The number was about right. Game stays under, special teams are big, Tucker Rosado. Here's the weird thing. As I was so, I watched the entire game. They get a lead. All they need is a lead because then their defense plays as they do. They just bring the house. The Bills mistake today, trying to play with pace. The Patriots lost to the Chiefs. I hate the bitch about refs. I like the bitch about refs, ban it out, but probably one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in the NFL history. Just an abomination. NFL refs getting booed off the fucking field in the, the primetime four o'clock slate. Uh, Green Bay beats Washington in 2015. The Redskins were the snails that they were. San Fran wins 48-46 against the Saints. There was great scheming by both coaches. They exploited so many weaknesses. The Browns win 27-19. Woo! It's an important number. You bet that game against the Bengals and the Ohio Toilet Bowl. The Bucks come back to win 38 35. And I saw it come through. I had money on the Bucks money line. No idea how the Bucks won. Zero, none. Good night, Colts. Sleep tight. Uh, Vikings win 20 7 over the Lions. Cover the close. Close 12, One by 13. Under City. Nobody cares about the game. Wow. David bow. Atlanta wins 40 to 20 over the Panthers. And again, that means nothing, absolutely nothing. Back to Thursday night, Chicago beat Dallas 31-24. If I hear one more Bears fan talk about playoffs, I'm going to hug them. Because if Mitch Trubisky gets in the playoffs, we will become billionaires. Rams beat the Seahawks 28 to 12 people. There are no such things as magic beans. It don't exist. You cannot take a bean in the morning that takes 12 hours to start working and then it all of a sudden makes your body like the Incredible Hulk I don't know I only watch nonfiction It's Incredible Hulk a thing that goes like this and it explodes. Russell Wilson doesn't take a bean and then at night he's better. The Seahawks might be a negative uh, point differential in the year with 10 wins, which is hysterical. team's been a fraud, will be a fraud, and continue to be a fraud until the rest of the season. Chargers beat the Jags 45-10. Not much to say here other than, I don't think NFL teams quit a lot. You know, it's it's something you say in in college. I don't think I've seen a team quit this hard in a long time in this Jags. Uh, The Jets win 22-21. I mean, Adam Gaze is a Ponzi scheme. There's no other explanation. He runs a Ponzi scheme in East Rutherford. Sam Darnold. Is there any bigger? Sam Darnold is the definition of Kyle Bowler. He's just the old school overrated quarterback. If you're a Sam Darnold truther and you're still trying to hold on to that, stop watching football. Sam Darnold is the Walmart Tom Brady 20 years too late.
1: Also Houston. Drew Locke. Is Drew Locke the truth? Colin, yes or no? I always thought he was at Missouri and do the little Texas thing.
0: San Frank has done 48 46. Jimmy Garoppolo impressed the hell out of me. He was great. Uh, Drew Brees was great. Just an absolute circus if you bet the under like me. We're going to break down every single bowl game with written up previews with Kyle and myself, Kyle Miller. I mean, we're going to have a bunch of people, as we do always. Um, and then once the, the market settles, we'll be able to even write it up to that market during the week of, but there are a lot of people out there that bet the openers mm-hmm. that want to get down the openers. And if you're one
1: of those people, uh, that is Colin's specialty. So I'll, I'll point everybody to go to the Action app and you can see what I've hit so far. Uh, and I will say that my, my methodology for today was check the opener. Put it up against our projected spread. Stick it into my little cross advanced grid to see if anything sticks out that will keep me off of a bet. And if it doesn't keep me off a bet, and it's good enough, and I think the number going to move the way that I bet it, then I'm going to bet it. And that's what I did today. Now the hard work really begins. It's getting into transfer portal, coaches. Uh, we have finals until we have finals this week. We have uh, December 18th signing date. We all the stuff outside the X's and O's. Uh, that research starts tomorrow. So let me go through as quick as I possibly can. and give Motivations you and matchups. Motivations and matchups. Let me go through all the bowls as quick as I can with one sentence about what came by my mind today and whether I bet it or not. So I'll start off with the Bahamas Bowl. Buffalo can absolutely defend the, uh, the ground rush, so I did not bet Charlotte today. Frisco Bowl, Kent State. I had no news in the bowls. All I wanted was Kent State a bowl. They're playing Utah State. I power rate a five and a That's half. Fun. And I've had a couple of people uh, all over my mentions saying, why it's aren't a we hitting nine? <laughs> people are saying, why aren't we hitting nine? The reason is because I think Jordan Love could absolutely flash tear fast. this Kent State defense apart. I don't care. Flash test. Yeah. Moving on to the Cure Bowl is Liberty and Georgia Southern. I have a nice little write-up on Action Network. I- I think you guys should go read that because there's some very important things about Liberty uh, in this game. Mexico Bowl is Central Michigan against San Diego State. Uh, I want the under in this game. Boca Raton Bowl. uh, That is also in the article that was just published late tonight here between SMU and Florida Atlantic. Kind of a home game for Florida Atlantic, but they have no coach. Camellia Bowl, FIU and Arkansas State. I am not comfortable betting on Arkansas State. I like the over more than anything in this game. Vegas Bowl, Boise, Washington. Listen, I've got this power rate of five and a half. I don't know why I haven't fired on – uh, Washington minus three yet. Peterson Bowl's taking on Brian Harris and Harson. And what I read in the media is that Harson's going to get a contract extension. So I just kind of want to finalize that wow. the contract extension is going to be happening and he's going to be coaching this Vegas Bowl. Uh, I'll probably end up back in Peterson here, but the numbers are starting to take off at three and a half. So another one, uh, the last one, and plus these early games. Also, you have to remember that the signing period is uh, December eighteenth. These kids are limited; they're not going to fill their bull practices. You were allowed fifteen bull practices. None of them are going to get. None of them are going to get close. Their coaches. Are on the road the entire week. So the last one is UAB App State down in New Orleans, and you're going to say Eli Drinkwitz took the job at Missouri. Uh, that's going to distract Appalachian State. And then I'll remind you that Scott Satterfield took the Louisville job, and he didn't coach in the New Orleans Bowl last year, and they oh. won that they won that thing easily. So I'm not looking to really back UAB here but just because of that. Uh, Marshall UCF, I want to play Marshall because uh, Doc Holliday is undefeated against the spread in bowl games, uh, and I don't believe in UCF, and I don't think they want to be in the Gasparilla Bowl. I'll be looking to take that side. Uh, BYU-Hawaii, uh, I took BYU today. I make the numbers slightly higher. Uh, I make it at five and a half. I think there's some extreme advantages in the trenches. Uh, Hawaii's defense for reasons that we know. Plus, BYU is going to have everybody healthy finally. And this is a very firm, fertile recruiting ground for BYU. They take this game super serious. Miami of Florida and Louisiana Tech, where, is, where are the Hurricanes' motivation here? The number – Went from ten and a half all the way down to seven against Louisiana Tech. Uh, game is being played in the Independence Bowl. It's in Shreveport. So this is a home game. Uh, they got to go from – La Tech. to go from Ruston down to Shreveport. You have been to Shreveport? I've been to Shreveport, yeah. We played Missouri there in 2003. Pitt, Eastern Michigan, the number's right. I skipped it. Uh, UNC Temple, uh, Rod Carey's one and five against the spread in bowl games when he was at Northern Illinois, so I'm not looking to back Temple here. Plus, Mac Brown's got a roster loaded with youth. And Sam Howell, so that's probably the way that I'm going to be looking. Michigan State, Wake Forest, I took Michigan State today at minus three. I would take them at minus three and a half. No! Wake Wake has lost their top two wide receivers. I don't know where the offense is going to come from, and you're going to let Michigan State's defense get completely healthy. D'Antonio is going to switch the offensive coaches after this bowl game, so – I'm going to take Michigan State in this one. All right, so you and I can disagree later on that. Oklahoma State, Texas A&M. I took Texas A&M minus four. It's up to minus six.
0: You you bet Michigan State?
1: Yeah. So I took Texas A&M minus four. I I power rate this Texas A&M. Why are you doing this to me? I took the Aggies uh, at minus four. I have a power rate of minus nine. Uh, Oklahoma State, obviously without Spencer Sanders. Oklahoma State, obviously without Tyler Wallace. And... Chuba Hubbard may sit this out for the NFL draft. His decision is upcoming, so we don't know what's going on there. But I will say this, Oklahoma State's, defense, Oklahoma's, Oklahoma State's defense is very young and, and done a good job this year. So, um, That's a great point on Hubbard because if he doesn't play, it's, it's I don't a know big what deal. that
0: offense does. and Potentially, yeah. if you see a total on that game, uh, grab it. Because then it the gets officially announced
1: out of the drop. So USC and Iowa are going to play each other uh, in the holiday bowl out in San Diego. This one's uh, a tough cap for me. And the numbers exactly where no, it's not actually I have USC minus two and a half and the numbers Iowa minus two and a half. So It's going to float around. I don't expect it to move very much. Uh, I think it's interesting that Kadan Slovis is going to have to compete with JT Daniels for the job next year. I think the big thing for me is I haven't looked at Iowa's schedule to see how they've done against passing attacks like the air raid of USC. Once I handicap that, I'll make a decision. I did take Washington State and Mike Leach in the crazy-ass Cheez-It Bowl against Air Force, who has screwed with the side – at the end of so many games this year, between Colorado State, between San Jose State, Air Force has been one of the most frustrating teams to have a side on. And now they get Mike Leach in the bowl, the famous cheese bowl. So I took Leach in this at two and a half. People were freaking out about backing Leach in a bowl. He's actually three and six against the spread. So we'll see how that goes. Looks like the total just opened up at 67. So there's another option there too. Camping World Bowl is Iowa State and Notre Dame, and I don't understand why this number has – well, I've got Notre Dame minus four, and it's crashed from five-and-a-half down to three-and-a-half. And and I think at three I'm going to be a buyer of Clark Lee and the Notre Dame defense. I think that they won't have a problem against Brock – listen, Iowa State has no rushing options whatsoever, and it's just going to be the Brock Purdy show in Notre Dame – I think is not going to have a problem with that. Uh, Memphis-Penn State, I put a play on, on Penn State minus seven. Uh, I think if everybody's there for the defense, they don't lose anybody to the NFL draft. norvell list. he's not going to coach the Cotton Bowl. I'm sorry. He's on to FSU. That's the kind of guy he is. He's on to recruit for FSU. Riff-raff. Uh, We're going to move on to uh, December 30th. I'm going to take a look here at the first responder bowl, if it actually happens. If they don't cancel it, the number is spot on. I have Western Michigan minus two and a half. It's minus two, so I'll pass for now. Illinois and Cal are taking each other on in the Red Box Bowl. I got this Cal minus six and a half. It's at minus six, no play. But but Illinois is a legitimately horrible football team. They're so bad. They were like plus 2,040 in Turner. Yeah, uh, next one is the Orange Bowl Virginia in Florida. Uh, I wanted to take Florida on this because the number is, uh, I have it at 16 and a half. And the number started out at 14. I wanted to see which way. It, it, I, I saw flickers at Sharp Books that it was gonna drop. And sure enough, here we are as we record this, it dropped to 13 completely. I'm happy to let this drop because Dan Mullen owns the state of Florida. He okay, owns it. You like Mullen right. in the bowl. I like Mullen in the bowl tremendously. So I'm just going to let this drop, and then we'll see where it bottoms out, and, and I'll probably be on the Gators here. And then we're going to move on to Kentucky-Virginia Tech. There isn't a line posted yet on this for the Belk Bowl. Arizona Bowl, Georgia State, and Wyoming. Georgia State has a fantastic rush defense. At least they should be able to stop Wyoming. Uh, after that, Kansas State-Navy, which totals are just now out. I'm telling you right now. Kansas State is going to be able to throw over the top of Navy, and Navy's going to be able to run the ball in Kansas State. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. So. Service uh, Academy all over with Kansas State's now? <laughs> oh, boy. I oh. think Kansas State's going to look at what Notre Dame did and throw over the top. Texas and Utah uh, are playing each other in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, I think there's a lot of recency bias coming in because Texas took a lot of money and drove the number down south of seven. Herman is a dog. This is my bowl play of the
0: year. If I was a fucking
1: top-selling
0: pick guy – This will be my month play of the year day. I wanted to fade Utah. Playoff dreams. This team's a corpse. Texas back to our roots. Simple team. Well, Herman firing everybody. Fuck everybody. I don't care what they are what state Texas is in. We are back to our roots and we're getting points. And we're fading this Utah corpse. And I've been waiting for this moment for
1: all my life. So starting off New Year's Day, Citrus Bowl, Michigan, Alabama. have a feeling Alabama will be completely 100% fired up for this with a very healthy and young defense looking to prove something. I don't know how many offensive weapons will be there for Saban, but the defense ought to be healthy and pissed. Um, Minnesota, Auburn are going to play in the Outback Bowl. Um, I made this game – Auburn minus seven. The number is Auburn minus eight. That's why I haven't played it. Oregon, Wisconsin, uh, I fired on Wisconsin money line because it opened up as a pick. It's now at minus three. I still suggest taking Badgers, even though I do power rate this as a pick. There's just things in the advanced stats that we'll get to in the write-ups. I think Wisconsin can take advantages of. Sugar Bowl, Baylor, and Georgia, this is it. This is the SEC runner-up uh, letdown game. Uh, this is the same thing that happened in Georgia last year. Uh, I think the question for me is, is Matt Rule going to be the head coach during the Sugar Bowl on January 1st. He could be an NFL coach by the time this comes around. So we'll see. Boston College, Cincinnati, the morning of January 2nd. That sounds awful. (laughs) I've got Cincinnati power rated minus four and a half. I've got no interest. This wasn't one of my hot spots to hit. I'll I'll look further into it for the right. Potato Bowl on January 3rd somehow is Ohio and Nevada. I have this power rated Ohio minus nine and a half. it's. don't care.
0: I bet Ohio minus 49 and a half.
1: I I don't know why I didn't take advantage of this. Yeah. It's minus nine and a half, though? No, I make it minus nine and a half. What is the line? It's at six and a half, so I need to bet Ohio. Yeah, we're going to bet Ohio here. Tulane and Southern Miss are going to play each other in the Armed Forces Bowl. Um, Tulane minus seven, and I power rate at Tulane minus eight and a half, so no play. Miami of Ohio and ULL in the Mobile-Alabama Bowl. Uh, I can't see why I would ever take Miami of Ohio in this spot. It is high. It's a ULL minus 14. I power it at ULL minus 10 and a half. A lot of questions here for me, uh, for ULL and, uh, will Billy Napier be around? And, uh, does that matter with this offense? So that's it. That's it. That wraps it up. First thoughts. We love you guys. Thank you
0: for listening.
1: Tell a friend, tell an enemy,
0: rate, review, subscribe, leave a review. It helps us have time. Thanks for listening. Fun just getting started. It's season, college football playoff season. Good Tigers.
1: Cheers. Peace out.